I mean, there's always going to be people who don't like things. Yeah. But what are you going to do? And then there's morons. Yeah. There, there are people who are complete idiots. Um, people who go looking to... I don't know. They definitely want different things in a movie than I do. Have you ever really defined what it is you want? Mm, no, I guess not. It's just sort of, it's sort of arbitrary and vague, but you kind of know yeah. it. You know it when it's happening. Yeah. That sounds like some good intro banter, doesn't it? Should we just? It does. Let's do it. Hey, let's listeners. Do it. <laughs> listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where friends get together. I would say three friends, but we got to give Jolien a little more time to work on a special thing he's working on, which. You will be thrilled when it's done. But we get together virtually until it's safe not to be virtual and talk about a horror movie. We will spoil that horror movie. Recently watched. Maybe we'll, maybe not spoil, but eh, maybe we will. We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally. And say hello to them on facebook where they are the moon dash rays and you can find us on instagram or facebook where we are chewing the scenery we made a coloring book we're gonna just do all the housekeeping all in a row here your three hosts made a coloring book for the classic bad movie of all time plan nine from outer space you can go to plan nine coloringbook.com that is plan the number nine coloringbook.com and it'll click through to Etsy where you can buy the thing. And I'll send you stuff. I don't know if the um, the, the last purchases were uh, because we mentioned it or not, but I sent some stuff. Oh, nice. Not weed. Not- I was thinking of uh, we should do some sort of little quiz one time. And whoever writes in and wins gets a coloring book. That would be really cool. I would like you that. Know, maybe a couple stickers. Something like that. Uh, I have to think of a quiz, though. Yeah. Quizzes are interesting. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that sometime as, well, maybe maybe right now. I'm, yeah. I'm Richard, and I'm here with Will. Hello. Hi. So uh, we're going to talk about After Midnight, but before we do that, we'll catch up a little bit and then talk about some recently watched. Um. I have a funny feeling about this. Uh, whenever we talk about something good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there was a, a place where I used to work many years ago. And a woman, the first year that I worked there, did a Halloween quiz. And it was really like somebody's mom wrote this thing. Oh. It, the second year, it's like, who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. Well, that's some spooky stuff. It's like, yeah. And then turned it over to me the second year. She's like, do you mind taking it over? I'm like, mind? I think that'll be fun. Well, yeah. everybody's sitting at their desk as you, we did this via email. So you did a company-wide email. Uh, people are just Googling it. Whoever Googles the fastest wins the prize. And uh, I had a bunch of promotional stuff that I was able to give away as prizes. And I thought, you know what, how can I word this last one so I really make it, you know, count so they can't Google it? 
how I worded it was. And I, and I had a, a, asked questions like, you know, uh, which famous actor, horror actor, um, voiced the Grinch or something like that. And of course it's Boris Karloff. And, um, anyway, I got this, um, question figured out, like how I'm going to do it before portraying Dracula or before playing Dracula in 1931, Bela Lugosi portrayed what historic figure on stage? And I'm like, historic figure, there you go. And of course, Bela Lugosi, who you like to think of as Dracula, played Jesus Christ in a stage play. And there's all these great pictures of him with the long hair wig, looking up with, you know, lit in a certain way, looking all holy and stuff. And so nobody got it. And when everybody was like, so what's the answer? I just sent out this little collage of pictures and everybody was like, holy shit, no way. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, but, we should do something like that. Yeah, I think quizzes are great when... You know, Jolien's too good at them. Oh, yeah. So you got to be just... His quizzes are pretty tough. That's what I'm saying. He's too, he's too good at making them difficult. But, um, yeah, I think we should uh, do some giveaways. We haven't done that in a little while, and uh, yeah. that'd be cool. So having said all that, um, recently watched, have you watched much? Nothing more than more Star Treks. Really? you just been binging the Star Treks? That's all we've been watching. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get through all of them. Do you want to punch... I don't know why. Do you want to, do you want to punch Jonathan Frakes more, more and more each episode? Or are you just getting used to him? Or what's going on? Uh, I reserve most of my hatred for Wesley. Oh, yeah. And his mom. Yeah. Stand uh, was, by me while I punch you in the face, kid. Oh, man, he's terrible. Yeah. He's also, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but we've decided we can't watch uh, Holodeck episodes. I would think you would either want to watch nothing but Holodeck episodes or edit them out. Yeah, I'm cutting them all out because it's fine as a story element on the ship okay sure they pass time there but it's like hearing about someone's dream yeah it's it doesn't advance the plot at all it uh it uses a stupid you know oh my god the holodeck could kill us clause every time uh it's ridiculous they would shut the thing down you would think if be it, like, yeah, don't go in there. If it could kill you, why the hell would you do it? Yeah, well, it's not supposed to, and and I don't see how it ever could, you know. Or it, in one episode we watched, it took over the ship. Uh-huh. How? Why? Yeah. Who cares? We're skipping those. <laughs> right, because... We'll also skip any Wesley Crusher heavy episodes or his mom. You know, maybe you could Google um, what are the Wesley-centric episodes, because you know there's going to be some fans out there that are like, oh my God, these are the top 37 episodes. And you could be like, yeah, I'm going to skip those. Yeah, yeah. Now, if it seems like in the little little uh, uh, synopsis they give you before the episode, oh. it's usually you can tell. Yeah. They mention the holodeck or Wesley, we skip it. Is the holodeck a lot like autoerotic asphyxiation? Oh, wow, easy for me to say. 
That's the word. I don't know. You could probably do that on there. Asphyxiation. Yes. Is it? Uh, no. Well, is it got a lot in common with that in the sense that it's thrilling, but it can kill you? Or the reputation is that it's thrilling, but it could kill you. I mean, you know. I don't think the holodeck is supposed to kill you. Well, or ne- even be able to. Neither is the autoerotic stuff, but... It's always a... Accident. A glitch? In the Matrix? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I could accept that. Hmm. So you remember last episode we were talking about when we were kids and like sometimes your entire Sunday would be taken up by the good, the bad, and the ugly? Uh-huh. Yeah, I knocked out about an hour of my Sunday watching... <laughs> It's almost a three-hour movie. I watched about 40 minutes of it, and I got a little sleepy. It was later at night. I was like, this is perfect. It's Sunday. It's like, this is what's on TV right now. I'm going to turn this on. Yeah. So, um, no movies at all, though, huh? No, no movies. Okay. Other than After Midnight. I tried to watch... uh, uh, Vast of Space, is that it? Um... Was it the Vast of Night? Vast of Night, yeah. Uh, but I couldn't get it to play, so. Sometimes these platforms are a little bitchy, aren't they? Yeah, Amazon's been been spotty. You know how when you're watching something and in you're in the um, the the outro credits, the end credits, and it's got the little icon of something else in your list that's in the lower right. Uh huh. Okay, I tried to rewind the zinger, the, the, the end of, of After Midnight, and it jumped to the movie that was partially played that was in the lower right. Oh, no. Is there a zinger? Well, no. I mean, the <laughs> yeah, during the karaoke, that zinger. Oh. No, there's no, there's no during the credits zinger. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No, that would have been cool, though. Yeah. So it skipped near the end? Well, no, I, I got all the way through the movie, and I, but I was thinking, like, I want to rewind that and watch it again because oh. how the thing comes into frame. Yeah, I want to see that again and see how it was done. And uh, and when I hit the, the button and then it's supposed to, like, pause and then you mm-hmm. toggle left for rewind, it's like, man, guess what? I'm going to play this movie you don't want to watch right now. Oh, oh well, what are you going to do? And that movie was... Spirit Camp. Do you want me to talk about this at all? Spirit Camp. Didn't you watch this one? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think uh, I might have mentioned some other movie that, I don't know, sounds similar to that. Um, this is a 2009 movie. It's supposed to be like sort of a parody of slashers from the 80s. But... Yeah, I would miss that. Well, let's just say I didn't get through it. But it's about a bunch of cheerleaders and one young woman who's not interested in being a cheerleader who's um, been sent. They've gone off to uh, cheerleader camp. And there's a super like um, stereotypical homophobic across the lake is the boys camp, but they're all gay. Oh, wow. How clever is that? Um, I'll just read the description from IMDb. When a street-smart, quote-unquote, goth girl is forced to attend cheerleader camp as part of her rehab 
from a juvenile correction facility, she clashes with the popular girls and finds herself embroiled in a bitter rivalry with the bitchy ringleader, Rachel. But when members of the spirit squad start turning up dead, the girls must put aside their differences and struggle to survive the murderous rage of a crazed psycho killer lurking among them. Okay. Uh, so that sound good. So yeah, and it it's not trying to be good, best I could tell. It's trying to just be cute and mm. and just sort of hit those notes that everybody expects from something like that, an eighties slasher, but it's not set in the eighties. Um anyway, uh to be fair, I didn't get all the way through it. Maybe it turns in the most awesome movie I've ever seen halfway through. I doubt that. And another one, because I just, you know, I decided to quit scrolling. Just pick something and hit play. That's yeah. that's dumb. Don't do that. Just keep scrolling until it's bedtime and then, you know, don't watch anything. Go to bed. Yeah. Don't watch anything. Yeah. That's, that's the better advice. Um, I mean, it's not like I've got two kids to take care of or something. Like, I, I've got dogs, so I can do what I want. But I still need sleep. You know, I don't have a newborn. I got a puppy. Did I tell you I got a puppy? Yes. Yeah, that's right, because it's been two weeks. Zoe? Yeah. Zoe looks like someone put a German Shepherd in the dryer and left it too long. Oh, man. Yeah, she looks like a tiny Shepherd. But she's. I have to see her. She's a Chihuahua. Anyway, so um, also watched uh, Captured, which I did watch all the way through. It just kind of has that feel of shot on video. Has more of a budget than it deserves, but not such a budget that it's going to really fool you into thinking it's any kind of masterpiece. Um, uh, the, the people working on it obviously were trying to do something with, with a great deal of effort, but it didn't work for me. Uh, the, the blurb on it from IMDb again is a weekend getaway to shoot a music video turns into a nightmare for a rock and roll band when they become the crazed obsession of an escaped convict that is purposely targeting the female lead of the band, who, of course, is attractive. Duh. Um, Their music is not going to fool you into thinking they're edgy, by the way. Um, I don't think you could use your own music or your friend's music if you're trying to be edgy. You just got to find someone who's actually edgy, whatever that means. Yeah. And if you say you're edgy, you're not. So there's that. Um, And then I watched... uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly for about 45 minutes, like I said, and um, still not done with it. That movie goes forever. Yeah. It's nearly three hours long. Um, is that I wa- the uncut version? I think it is. It's two hours and 45 minutes. I mean, you don't need it to be three and a half hours, do you? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, it's like if... if some- Most movies, 90 minutes, but you know what? I make exceptions. Yeah, it's like if you live at home with your folks and your dad wants to completely take over your whole Sunday, you know. Yeah. This would be the movie. Um, I did watch a few episodes to finish out the Netflix miniseries The Family, which is about this religious organization that seems to have completely permeated our government. No matter who, uh-huh. no matter who's in office, right or left, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, they're... They're uh, up to something, but I don't even want to go into that. Politics, not today. Not today, Satan. (laughs) Um, That's it for me. And uh, then after midnight. Yeah. 
How did you just stumble upon this? Just to... I was just scrolling through uh, Prime trying to find something to watch this week. Yeah. Well, I and I went through. Oh my God! I I think I went through the whole thing. I looked at every movie they have. Did you notice there was a big drop recently? Like they just, maybe because October is right around the corner, they just dumped like hundreds of horror movies into Prime? That seems to be always the case. Every time I go to Prime, it seems like there's been a big dump of horror movies lately. Um, And there's no way I can get through them. Uh, But I saw this. I didn't realize it was Jeremy Gardner. I uh, I just picked it because it said it won the Tribeca... 2019 award or something uh, I don't have that information here I don't know what the actual award was but I was like okay that sounds pretty good uh, the description that uh, after 10 years Hank wakes up to find his longtime girlfriend gone and there's a monster attacking the house sounded like it was right up my alley so I suggested it to you and then you called me back and we're like, like oh it's Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella yeah Stella, yeah, and uh, and I was like, oh, excellent, because we both really liked The Battery. I thought The Battery was a fantastic film, and then you find out it costs six grand, and it's like, goddamn, that is, that is how you do a low-budget film. Right. You know, uh, a zombie movie where they're trapped in a car, they shouldn't work, but it I really like the battery a lot. Yeah. And this movie, this movie's up there. Yeah. Uh, this guy is fantastic. These guys, I should yeah. say, are fantastic. I hope they continue making movies, uh, horror movies, especially because I don't know. This was great. Uh, I was a little. I didn't know quite what what to expect going into it, and it was nothing like I thought it would be. Same. You know, you go into it thinking, did he kill her? You know, that's the thing is like when you go and and for listeners who haven't seen this, I just hope you stop this. Please watch it. Stop this. And uh, because we're going to spoil the hell out of this. Oh, yeah, we will. We Um, have to. Yeah. So so we we have um, we have Hank and uh, Abby. Okay. Mm -hmm. now. It seems like they're a little bit of a mismatch in a certain way, like maybe with social status or, or upbringing or background, or uh, maybe you could also say that um, ambitions uh, are sort of overlooked and set aside at, you know, during this honeymoon phase of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And they're going forward. Um, they seem to be really into each other and, and, uh, and, and get along really well. Yeah. Uh, but then just like a lot of relationships, one day there's just like something isn't working for one of them and they decide that they need some space and some time. And those are the two words that if you hear them, uh, mm. that's probably the kiss of death for your relationship. But what do yeah, I Yeah, You never want to hear we need to talk. Or space or time. Yeah. Unless you're... You know, unless you're watching Star Trek, The Next Generation, then you can talk about space all you want. Um, yeah. Yeah, or time travel. But uh, it seems like um, Abby had to take some time for herself. The movie is, I feel, without having rewatched it, I feel it's clever in not giving you a time frame. 
they they make you think it's been maybe birthday after birthday since she's been gone. Yeah. But you're not sure. I mean, I'm watching carefully. Like, are there any other little markers saying how long she's been gone? Is he just like drinking himself to death and growing a beard and just, you know, turning into a total wreck over year months, years? We don't know. Yeah. Is that a four week long beard? Or did he know? Or did he have a beard before she left? <laughs> she he must have had the beard before she left. Is the beard an improvement? I mean, I, I got nothing bad to say about Jeremy Gardner. He seems like an awesome dude. I think it looks better, yeah. better with the beard, right? Yeah, he needs the beard. Yeah, yeah. It, it, for some people, it just it's it's the big mountain man beard too. Yeah, it's got to be that. It's got to be your, yeah. you know, coming in on uh, Grizzly Adams sort of territory almost. Yeah. I told people at work that I grew a mustache, but they'd never see it. <laughs> I'm going to say, Will, if you told me that and I didn't see your face, I would picture a John Waters pencil mustache. Ah, uh, yeah. See, that's what I'd go for. Or maybe a cop mustache. But everybody was like, no, you'd go for the Magnum P.I. Why not? Do you remember? Yeah. When, do you remember when Michael Jordan did those... Haynes commercials with a Hitler mustache. Oh, what was he thinking? What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, why did he try to bring the toothbrush mustache back? I mean... Was he watching a lot of Charlie Chaplin? No, I think he's a lot watching a lot of World War II <laughs> newsreels, and he's like, man... That... Or perhaps he was unaware, and he thought, hey, this is a new style. That could be. You know, maybe he missed history class. And then it, it took a while before someone said, mm, the Hitler mustache isn't I, a good look. I know you were shooting a lot of hoops during history class. Here's something you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that one live U2 album where Bono was like, Hitler stole the, the tiny mustache and we're stealing it back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think Michael Jordan is a big U2 fan. <laughs> <laughs> and a big Hitler fan. Um, mm-hmm. But I digress. Um, so <laughs> we've got a really small cast for this thing. Um, one of the guys, um, Justin Benson, by the way, did you end up watching Spring? I watched Spring. I really like Spring. Okay, the, I need to watch The Endless now. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the cop from, um, yeah. from this was Justin Benson who directed... Um, Let's see. He. I'll just give you the quick rundown here. Uh, he did um, Resolution in 2012, where he co-directed, wrote, produced, and acted. Uh, he did a segment from VHS Viral. Uh, the segment was called Bone Storm. That was in 2014. Spring. He co-directed, wrote, and produced. Uh, and then of That's course. That's a good one. I like Spring a lot. Spring is really good. And uh, and that one. Um, th- there was like you mentioned the Endless, and then there was. Um, uh, Synchronic, which I don't know, and then this one, After Midnight. Uh, Spring, for listeners who have not seen it, um, this is a good one. And uh, you will have uh, Jeremy Gardner appearing in that one again. He's Tommy in uh, Spring. So it's worth a look, definitely. And I think that one's available currently on one of the platforms. I believe it's still on Prime. Yeah, I get I get mixed up because I'm always toggling back and forth between Shutter, Prime, and well, Netflix. The way you tell is that if 
it's anything you want to watch, it's on Prime. Uh-huh. If it's hot garbage, it's Netflix. Right. And so just, I don't even look at Netflix anymore unless I know exactly what I'm going for. Right. Because, oh, Lord, they have some real garbage. They don't care about us. I mean, I think no. they only care about people who like goofy screwball comedies and uh, rom-coms, maybe? I don't know. Rom-coms? Yeah, I don't even see, like, the the teen jump scare kind of horror on Netflix too much. It's, yeah. I feel like once in a while I need to look again just in case they got their shit together and hired someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Because, I mean, what what if there was, like, a personality conflict over at Shudder and somebody's like, yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to wear my funny hat at work and you can't stop me. And, you know, they get fired and and then uh, Netflix is like, hey, I don't care if he wears funny hats. Uh, you know, this, this guy knows what he's doing. We can hire him. Yeah. That's not, I'm writing fan fiction for the... Yeah, I'm know. sure it's an all an algorithm. It's totally, it's a bunch of... What is it? Uh, hamsters and you know, just I don't know, manatees. That's what it, they manatees. Yes. Yeah, that's what it was on uh, South Park. Yeah, it was manatees. Yeah, they, they just bump different balls over into different areas of the pool. Yeah. That determines things. Yeah. Anyway, um, so do you want to give the listeners who hopefully have watched this thing a quick rundown of the of the uh, plot? Sure. Uh, so we start out with the movie uh, Abby and Hank. Uh, we don't know who these people are. Are walking through a field and they come to a dilapidated house. Um, it is Abby's birthday and Hank has planned some surprise for her. She asks if the house is his, is her present. And he said, no, it's inside. And he set up a bunch of pillows and romantic lighting and whatnot. This is a house that's in his family for a number of years. Um, So the movie, they're kind of playing around and whatnot. Uh, And we cut to a different time where Hank has grown a beard. It's sometime in the future. And he's firing a shotgun. Uh, he blows a hole in the door of his house, and he's looking out there. Uh, we don't see anything, and then what happens? I think it just goes cuts to morning, mm-hmm. and the cop shows up. Or no, he takes a shot at somebody driving down the road. He's walking around this property with a gun. Right. And uh, then the cop shows up and says, uh, what are you doing, Hank? It turns out the cop is the lady's brother, Abby's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reveals that they've been, that Abby and Hank have been together for 10 years. Right. So this is, so you get kind of a, a timeline of when that you assume first birthday date or early birthday date, uh, took place. And, uh, Abby is missing. Um, the brother, uh, the sheriff slash brother doesn't seem real concerned. Um, kind of wonder why he, if he didn't know where Abby was, uh, I'm not sure. It's not revealed. But anyway, Hank tells him that there's a monster coming to the door. 
Yeah. Um, he also calls Abby and gets her voicemail and tells her this over the phone, too, that there's a monster there. Uh, he doesn't know what she's doing, and the monster may have killed her cat. Um, did at this point I have to I have to butt in and ask you this question? Yeah. Did you consider that maybe Abby was dead and he was calling her voicemail to hear her voice? Did that pop? Yes. That did pop into your head too. Yes. And that was either well I, either well placed for for us as the watchers of the movie, or they didn't intend it, and we're just you know <laughs> reading into you things. You know, I think they did that because it seemed like. Seemed like a routine, right? Like maybe he calls to listen to that a lot, right? And probably because it's it's a uh, a trope in movies, you know. Yeah. Now, um, anyway, uh, sheriff doesn't believe him. Um, Abby's gone, so he heads off to the bar, which he uh, we don't realize at the time, but. Turns out he owns, he and Abby own this bar in this mm-hmm. little town in Georgia, and he meets this friend. Is it supposed to be Georgia uh, or Florida? Oh, maybe it is Florida. Yeah, I think it's Florida, actually. Okay. Um, it's the South. Yeah. I only thought Georgia because they had the peanut wine. Oh, yeah. Maybe they picked it up yeah. when they were over in Georgia, but... Yeah, yeah I, I, they went there at some point in a flashback. Um... And they had a whole case of it. Um, So uh, we just follow uh, Hank around for a couple days while he he doesn't sleep much and he he looks more and more lost. And every night something tries to get in the front door. Is he kind of just chain drinking beer after beer? Oh yeah, he's just he's totally hammered the whole time. Right. <laughs> he is he Jeremy Gardner uh is pretty good acting drunk or being drunk say, while but, acting. <laughs> or maybe he's drunk while acting, which, you know, is the grand tradition. Uh, <laughs> Ask Donald Pleasant. But yeah, he's you get the feeling that he's been drinking since Abby left. Oh yeah. And she's been gone a while and again you don't know at first. Is she dead? Yeah. Is she just gone? Um, you know, what's happened here? Did he kill her? That's what I thought. I was wondering the same thing. Like, was he driven mad by, by his delusions of monsters and maybe accidentally shot her at some point? Yeah. Or maybe, Something like that. Or was going to by accident when she finally did come home. Yeah. Or was he in some way the monster but no abby comes back it turns out she went to miami for four weeks because she was feeling trapped by their small town and their their uh routine and lack of culture and lack of culture Uh, um you know uh and there's this great monologue or dialogue that the two have while they're waiting for the monster uh, oh, and before this happens, uh, one night, uh, uh, Hank, uh, the thing comes, and he tries to take a picture of it, and then he runs out after it with his gun in a great sequence when it's totally black on the screen, and you can only see when he fires the gun. Yeah. And there's something there. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but anyway, Abby does show up. Uh, they have a discussion. They don't really know what they're going to do. And it's her birthday. It's her 34th birthday. She's come back. So they have a party. Yeah. And uh, the friends come over. Yeah, they've got... And then got... we have karaoke. Yeah. Now, it's a small group of friends. And... Uh, like six of them. Yeah. And he, he doesn't... Um, Hank doesn't seem like a total outcast in this group. Because we have seen those movies where somebody is clearly like the blue collar guy and there's a bunch of these university snobs and they all know something. Yeah, It's not that, you know, that much of a difference between lifestyle and status and what have you best. You can, you know, t- best you can you tell figure Abby grew up in that town too. She just wanted to get out. Yeah. And, and it's not that she's, I mean, she may have aspirations that are, uh, you know, higher than Hank's uh, hunting and living in a rundown old house that he's never going to fix up. But she's not, you know, a snob. And this isn't just a rom-com where they're the the opposites attract kind of <laughs> mixed match couple. Right. So, uh... Yeah, are, are there any rom-com tropes that do occur here? Other than... Other than the karaoke touching moment that really reaches through and maybe takes care of that, gives that last little nudge to the doubt. Yeah. That's, I mean, I read that as a rom-com trope that was well-placed here Mm -hmm. uh, because of how it's used and what it, what it results in. But, um, have you ever been at a party where they were having karaoke? Uh, no, I've never been to a party where they've done karaoke. I've gone to the bar where they've done karaoke. It's mostly painful. And there, okay, there are people who are really good singers who will just go out there and kill it. And then there are, there are people who live in that bar on those nights to go and kill it. And it's like, I'm sorry for whatever it is that's lacking in your life, but, um, but I used to I used to go to some uh, some of these places um, with an ex who killed it. But she she didn't care to like go be there all the time and do that. But she, it's like if you you know it's like oh so and so is is hosting karaoke. Let's go down and sing a couple songs and drink some beers and you know have fun. And it's like cool cool cool. And to be a good sport, I would pick something I could handle. Um, but I'm not a good singer. I can I can mm, I'm I, terrible. I can handle a few a few songs really well and know the difference to not fuck around with the ones I can't. But this woman, my ex, could just kill it. But then you'd see this table of people that were there, like, probably every weekend in order to just go kill it and feel good about themselves. And she was better than them, typically. Uh, so I've been around this, and I've I've had moments where I got some good laughs out of it or felt super annoyed, never wanted to go back again. So this particular scene, I had a little, you know, a little background in it. I could kind of feel it when the, uh, when the, the cop, uh, Shane, uh, the guy we talked about earlier, Justin Benson, uh, he gets up there and tries to do house of the rising sun. (laughs) He can't find anything with the timing. You know, he doesn't have the timing. He doesn't, he can't hit the notes. Uh, 
uh, especially the timing though. You know? Yeah. So that kind of, that kind of uh, reminded me of something I witnessed one time where somebody was like, Oh, I'll just do something really fun. I remember. Uh, yeah. It's like, you can't do another one bites the dust because there is a lot going on in that song. You can, you know, you might think the chorus when you're thinking of that song, but Freddie Mercury is all over the place with talent that none of us have. And so you can't do another one bites the dust. And by the way, people Humpty dance, terrible choice. You can't do it. I watched a guy try to do the Humpty dance. It was a miserable failure. And so was rump shaker. I've seen people try to do rump shaker. Oh, no Rex and effect. Getting busy in a Burger King bathroom. <laughs> right. It's right on par with that terrible idea. Uh, so yeah, there, there's just, there's so many things you can't do that, that, in your head sound like a good idea. But, um, do you remember the episode where, where I had, uh, uh, the nostalgia critic and Jim, uh-huh. the sparkle, sparkle, sparkle guy. That's my friend. Yeah. yeah. That's my friend, Jim. He was visiting one time and we went to, uh, a karaoke night somewhere. I had no idea if he could sing or not. So I put his name in with run to the Hills by iron maiden yeah. He fucking murdered it. He was so good. Nice. Yeah. It was it was so much fun. Anyway, digressing. That'd be a tough song. Oh, it and he and he was able to handle it. Um, not just handle it, own it. So I can say to watch Hank step up and do that Lisa Loeb song. Uh the It was I, good. Yeah. Um Jeremy, I don't know if you already could sing, dude, but uh, stay, uh, in, 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 uh, parentheses, I missed you, uh, by Lisa Loeb. Yeah. yeah. He, he did a good job. That was my, he lo- did a really good job. That was my long winded way of, to bring it around to this guy was not embarrassing or cringy. He, he, and it was very touching for his, uh, his girlfriend, his 10 years, yeah. of, 10 years relationship girlfriend. And Julie. Yeah. Whoever he made the tape for originally. Yeah. <laughs> I also cool. love that he just put one song on it. Over and over. Over and over and over. <laughs> when, I, when I was in high school, I had a girlfriend who did that for herself because she really liked a song. Really? Yeah, she put it over and over on one whole side of a tape. Oh, man. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. No, no. I mean, that's why there's a rewind button on your cassette deck, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, he really reaches through and, and, and touches something in her and nudges her from doubt into thinking this is this is the right thing. Yeah. And then what happens? The monster comes back. Running tackle. Yeah. The whole time... And you- forgotten about it too oh i hadn't i want to i want to share with you will and listeners what i thought was going to happen i thought it was going to come into frame while she was looking very touched by this this poignant moment i thought it was going to come into frame like up from behind her chair or something oh i was looking for the framing of the shot and it wasn't quite there to do it and i'm like whatever it is is going to get her and it's going to be right in front of him but no, running tackle. It got Hank. 
Yeah. So, so you want to go out and say what happens next? Because <laughs> I think it's well. Uh, Hank uh, grabs some horns off the antlers off the a deer he had shot at some point and put on the wall, which was a point of contention between he and Abby. Uh-huh. And uh, he broke those off and stabbed the monster to death with it over and over and over and over. Yeah. And then he gives her a bottle of wine. Yeah. Of peanut wine. Yeah, this disgusting wine neither one of them liked. Yeah. But the gimmick. Go ahead with the gimmick. What, what is the gimmick? At the, bo- the bottom of the, the indentation in the bottom of the bottle, he had a ring. Did you not see it? Oh, no. Oh, so you missed a really key moment. Okay, so he's he's like, will you drink another case of this shit with me? And he's holding it up. Yeah. Well, there's an engagement ring in the bottom of it. Oh. Yeah, and, and I would have to look again to see, like, is, is it in the bottle or is it taped inside the indentation? But you see this diamond ring. So he's proposing to her. Oh, okay. No, so, I missed that. Oh, wow. Okay, this is why this is why we watch good stuff twice. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't all notice the same things, you know, in every scene. But yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, and then I think it just kind of cuts to credits after she apparently says yes. Um, this, I gotta say, that final scene where he has to like finish off the monster. Did that remind you of any other movies? Because I can think of one that it kind of reminded me of. What? 28 Days Later, when Jim drops down from a rafter. Uh, yeah. And takes out that army dude and ends up driving his thumbs into his eye sockets. Mm-hmm. And then the, either the lightning flashes or the power's going in and out or something. And the girl isn't sure that he's a zombie or not. Because he's yeah. completely in like killer mode and she's deciding whether to kill him or not and then she sees that he's not a zombie that he's actually just doing what he needs to do yeah he's crazed in the moment but not a rage zombie yeah kind of reminded me of that and i'm feeling and i'm feeling while i'm watching this thing like there's got to be a dozen other movies not a dozen but a handful of other movies where you've got that similar moment where somebody has to finish something off i know evil dead 2 uh, yeah, see, I kind of got an Evil Dead 2 feeling from it. Yeah, because, like, Ash has to uh, kill his girlfriend's reanimated corpse. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe that was with the chainsaw in the shed. And the blood splashes everywhere, including, finally, the light bulb. Yeah. It felt, <laughs> it felt like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I got. Uh, not a specific movie, although I think now, yeah, I was thinking of that. But yeah, it felt very Sam Raimi kind of yeah. over the top. Yeah. Uh, explosion of violence at the end. And there's no way that these guys aren't fans of all the same stuff we're fans oh, of. Oh, certainly. <laughs> I mean, you can't be a maker of this kind of movie and just be like, mm, I don't know, man. Like, uh, you recommended that podcast, uh, Best Movies Never Made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I won't say I've been binging it, but I have been listening to it. And, yeah. And um, I listened to the one, uh, the the guy, oh, I'm spacing his name right now, uh, from the Blair Witch Project. And they talked about yeah. the, the sequels slash prequels that didn't get made. And then this crazy movie idea he had called Heart of Love. 
And, uh, and so when, he, when he's talking about, you know, he wanted to make a film and had no real interest or background in being a horror movie maker, but then turned into one. And I think George Romero was very similar in that. I think he had feelings about like, you know, we've surmised that Carnival of Souls and some other things maybe inspired some of the vibes of Night of Living Dead. But George Romero had plenty of other stuff in mind, maybe that he wanted to do and other things, but then also liked horror, but then ended up being the horror guy. Mm-hmm. You... Yeah, I totally get that feeling from Romero. Yeah. That I think Romero, if he could have made like political films, yeah, uh, that didn't have to be kind of an allegory. I think he may have, you know. Um, but I think you know, great thing about horror is you can use it as an allegory for. Any, I don't know, the Vietnam War or your relationship or whatever you want. Anything you want, really. Now, the the actors and the characters in this movie, and I'm glad you, you said the word allegory because I was actually kicking that idea around in my head while the, watching this, and I'm thinking, they're all mid to late 30s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's say that... Uh, Maybe some of the characters are going through a, uh, God, what was it? Was it High Fidelity where, where the, where John Cusack's character contacts an old girlfriend and she asks him, are you going through some sort of, what does it all mean phase? Yeah. (laughs) She asks him something like that. And I'm thinking, are the characters and the actors who, and, and the filmmakers, are they all kind of like at the right age for that? Some of them are going through that. What does it all mean? Phase. Mm-hmm. And, and we're getting, I think, a, a certain amount of that in the story. Yeah. Because like, it's a little later in life to be going through the kind of breakups of your teens and twenties, but people are still going through those trials and tribulations and, you know, no one's ever safe from it. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's some of what's going on here. And is that lurking monster, is that, you know, allegorical to something like that? <laughs> I got to wonder, you know, yeah. you can't see it. You know, it's creeping on you and it's scratching at the door, but you can't ever really get the drop on it and, you know, knock it back or kill it. Tell it, yeah. yeah. Or even really know what it is. Or know what it is, exactly. It's like that, that lurking specter and you don't know what it is. Yeah. And, and I did have to wonder while watching this, was this allegorical too? something like relationship stuff? Yeah. While also being literal about some relationship stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, they're the right age. They're all 34 to 37-ish and, you know, you're... You're not freaking out yet that you're 40, but you're, you know, coming up on it. You're getting there. You know, you're not in your 20s anymore and you're past the stage where you're trying to hang on to it or you're missing it. And you're into like, okay, well, this isn't bad either, but yeah. What do you think these guys could do next? Oh, I don't know. Like, Uh, you know. I'm hoping something great, some other low budget, you know, 
movie that that, that it exceeds expectations now. So we were never given a specific setting for the battery. I mean, you, it's it's rural, but we don't know rural where necessarily. This I thought it was upstate New York. Now that you say that, I realize I probably should rewatch it because that does sound. Because right. I believe they do say something that they were. They do mention where they were going because they were going to go see some girlfriend of his. And uh, they happened to be in that part of the part of the state, part of the country. Right, right. I seem to remember, but it's been a number of years since I watched it. But I want to say they were in upstate New York wandering around. That sounds right, now that you say that. Um, but if, if they didn't say anything... Uh, we wouldn't necessarily know. It's sort of nondescript as far as the geography of the place. Yeah. This one, you can definitely feel like it's Florida, uh, where I believe it was set. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know this for sure without looking, but... Um, no, I believe you're right. Yeah. Um, but they, they do live in Florida. That's my understanding. I mean, Christian Stella, for sure. I've seen his stuff on Twitter where it seems like he lives in Florida. And prob- ah. probably Jeremy Gardner as well. But, you know, we can make the Florida man jokes all we want. But uh, and for any listeners in other countries, uh, a lot of times in the news, they'll, you know, if it's your local paper or your, well, local, not necessarily newspaper, but your local news a lot of times will refer to the uh, an area man found such and such on the side of the road. And the onion turned that into a whole joke area man. As, yeah. And then, uh, the joke the last few years has been Florida man. It's like whenever there's something wretchedly horrible in the news, it's because Florida has a uh, really loose, uh, reporting laws. <laughs> like I think their, uh, uh, arrest records and whatnot are not, uh, are never sealed. So oh. things get written up a lot there. And that easy. makes it appear to be crazier than the other states. It's easy pickings for the uh, the sensational weirdo news bit. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You know, like if somebody walks naked into the supermarket and starts doing something crazy, it's like, yeah, yeah a lot of states aren't going to let you know who or what or... Yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to let that sort of information out to kind of protect people. Florida's like, we don't care. Florida's <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Sure. Go ahead and report on it. Sure. <laughs> the mayor walked into the grocery store naked. Right. <laughs> High on crystal meth. <laughs> right. So Florida man. So yeah, this is this has got some Florida man vibes for sure. Um I thought the creature looked kind of tropical. Porcupine Yeah. I like that you didn't see it. It's much. yeah, it flashes onto the screen very quickly. Yeah. It's it's always better when you barely see the monster. Are you listening, Rob Zombie? Yeah. <laughs> you just don't you know, pal around with it for the whole movie. You just Or like last week's movie, you know, they had uh Karloff in that full makeup, mummy makeup, and all they showed was his hand. Yeah. Like... When he grabs the the scroll away. Uh, we saw the still. It, it was it was an awesome shot, but again, it would have spoiled the movie. It was right at the beginning. Yeah, you, know, you didn't want to show the monster right away. Yeah, 
It's like uh, in in 1978, uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, when we see Michael Myers sit up, just like bolt upright, sits up in the background, out of focus. Yeah. And it's like that, that subtle stuff, that works so much better than, than just like, hey, look at this terrifying, horrifying, in-your-face monster with all the scales and the things and the whatnot. It's like, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm bored with it now. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the story doesn't lose our interest. Now, granted, you've, you've said before, keep it under 90 minutes, make it about whatever you want. This is 83, yeah. 83 minutes long. It's perfect. It's well within the Barnes limit. Yeah. Now, does the story lose any sort of momentum or any sort of traction? For me, no. How about you? No, no. I was interested. Also, uh, Eugenia put her phone down to watch this. Oh, man. So, the phone, you know, the it phone caught dropping. her interest. Yeah. It <laughs> caught her interest and kept it for the whole movie. So, I mean, I'll sit there and give the movie my full attention when I watch a movie. Uh, not that I see everything, obviously. <laughs> uh, but... I try to give it my full attention, but she will watch stuff on the phone, and if it stops interesting her, yes, yeah. it's, it's to the phone, you know. Right. Um, so there's that, you know, as a recommendation for this, that this was not dull at any moment. Um, you know, it was 83 minutes. It went pretty quickly. My one complaint is I wish we had gotten just maybe a touch more of the relationship before uh, Abby disappears, right? Just a touch. Not we we got almost, almost enough, but I think if they had done just a little bit more, and they had cut out a couple of the the quiet, uh, happy memory moments, yeah. and had them be more of a little scene right. with them and how they interacted and how they got along. Maybe even have something that went wrong Some in a flashback yeah. to kind of show how they, oh, they, they overcame that. They are a good couple. That is one thing that I wish they'd had a little bit more of. Because when you get to the end and you find out Abby has gone to Miami for four weeks uh, for culture and whatnot, I didn't feel like we really knew her yet. And then we were told who she was. Right. And I think, I think we could have learned a little more about Hank and Abby if we had had just a couple scenes. They don't have to be long, but she got seven minutes till ninety minutes. You could have filled in two, you know, one or two minute, one or three minute long scenes, sure. two, three minute long scenes, whatever. Uh, just add a little bit more character to her. Oh and yeah, and Hank. No. That being said, though, I will say that uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Bria or Brie Grant, um, who played Abby. Uh, apparently, she's known for um, the series Heroes, which I haven't seen any of that in years. But um, she did an excellent job, I thought. Uh, she, you, you felt like she was sincere and believable. I thought her name was Brea, like Tar. Oh, like Brea, like La Brea Tar Pits? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. the Tar Tar Pits. Yeah. Um, anyway, she's uh, she's really great in this role. You know, she's uh, 
she's got a really nice, easygoing way about her and, and, and is just adorable and, and likable. And so sometimes in these movies, somebody is too I- ideal or, or too flawed and she's just right somewhere in the middle. I felt that there was something really good in the casting of her. Yeah. I thought the casting was great. I thought the acting was really good. Yeah. I thought the writing was good. Everything about this is really good. Yeah. But I would have added just a little bit more characterization on Abby and Hay. Yeah, I would, I agree. Just so we could see that relationship. Yeah. Because I felt that that was missing when I watched this. Yeah, it kind of went from everything was, you know, uh, laughing and running and, you know, all that. uh, Low motion tire swings. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we're just we're just barely this side of running through a wheat field and and then all of a sudden where'd she fuck off to and and uh you know was there a disintegration we should have known a little bit about but that's okay i mean if that's the worst flaw oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and when i bring up something that has a flaw that doesn't mean that the whole thing's garbage no i hate it it's merely one moment that I thought could have been tweaked a little better. And, sure. you know, it's not my film. So they made it the way they wanted to make it. And I thought it was pretty damn successful. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and I got to say that uh, if these guys want to make a movie about vampires or panther billies or, you know, something, do it. Whatever they want. Yeah, do it. Do whatever you want. If you want, a, you want an evil car, go ahead. You know? We need more evil car movies. Yeah. Just don't make a Stephen King movie, please. No, whatever you do, don't do that. Um, so, uh, so all all said and done, this movie um, it it uh, it debuted at uh, Tribeca in uh, April of 2019. Uh, we got a U.S. release in February, which well, that's that's quite the timing. Um, biggest hazard for us doing a podcast is picking a movie where it's just good and we want to tell the listeners i don't know what do you want me to say it's great well go watch it yeah you know but we're still able to talk about it for an hour the battery was one of those movies where we're like what do you want us to say it's really really good yeah it was a really slight film though so it's hard to talk about sure and you know this this too and this is a a lot of the of the of the bad reviews I've read of After Midnight were like, the story was too weak, you know. Um, but I'm not one of those that needs something happening every 30 seconds on the screen, you know. Yeah, you don't need a bunch of jugglers and dancing girls. I don't need girls. a lot of plot, no. I guess. Dogs jumping through hoops, nothing like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we don't need a full-time circus, people. We just, you know, keep our interest. It's yeah, easy. it's easy. Um, it's probably a dumb question, but uh, you recommend this to horror fans? Highly. Yes. I recommend this to everybody. I know not most people probably won't like it, but uh, too bad. Yeah, I think anyone who <laughs> they're lost. Yeah, on this one. I think anyone who could watch this one as a horror fan, uh. You know, if you're the total gorehound, maybe this won't do enough for you. Yeah, if you're a gorehound, this isn't going to do it. If you're somebody who needs, you know, a mindless monster killing six to nine people over the course of 90 minutes. Right. 
uh, with lots of blood, this isn't going to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one gets killed in this except maybe the cat. The cat gets killed. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's, I guess the monster gets killed too. Well, yeah, but that's a monster. You know, you, you can't count that as the, the kills only count when the monster does them or when, when someone does them by accident, thinking that someone's the monster. Yeah. Then you count those, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. I'm, I got to say, like, non-horror fans could handle this. This would be kind of a fun one for them to be able to just say, oh, well, I heard there was not that much till the very end, so it's got Lisa Loeb, yeah. Lisa Loeb karaoke in it, so what else? Yeah. You hear that song again. Yeah. Um, the, the outro credits, um, there was a band called The Parlor, which kind of reminded me of Modest Mouse a little bit. Um, the song, the outro song is We Will Elope, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was pretty cool considering the little diamond ring in the bottom of the bottle, um, which you didn't see. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. Yeah. Just uh, you know, cue the movie back up and just fast forward. It's, yeah. You, you get to rewatch the running tackle from the monster during karaoke. It's such a sweet moment. And all of a sudden, <laughs> boom. Yeah. <laughs> and answers all our questions. No, the monster's not imagined. Yes, it's real. And, uh, yeah, she's going to give him another chance. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hank, not the monster. Um, so yeah, we're cool. I I think it's all wrapped up nicely. We don't need a sequel. They probably don't want to make one. No, no, they don't need to make a sequel. No. Then they'd want to explain what the monster was and, you know where it came from where it came from and its tragic backstory of how its mother was a stripper and its dad was a drunken trucker (laughs) (laughs) i gotta ask what what do you think it is in movies in in the in the movie making world that there's a successful movie and everything's great there's a chorus of yapping chihuahuas in the background. I hear. Uh, yeah. Um, somebody walked past the house, I think, is what happened. Um, so you have a successful movie. And it's uh, just this phenom. Everything is great. You know, these makers of this movie who wrote and directed it, it's their first effort and it's brilliant. Or it, 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 it's breaking all sorts of new ground in, in the genre or some mm-hmm. subgenre. What is it that happens that all of a sudden one of the studios is like, all right, see, we want to make a sequel and we've got the rights to your thing and you're not going to be involved. We're going to have these assholes that weren't in the first movie and these other assholes who had nothing to do with writing or directing it. They're all going to handle your, your property going forward. What? Money? What is, yeah, why is that? Okay, my, I guess that is my question. Why do they think that, that they know better that that's going to be the money? It's like, do they think? I think they think they know cheaper. Okay. It's like, or is it like, oh, these jerks got lightning in a bottle. There's no way they're going to do it again. We're going to put it in the hands of some pros here. But we don't want to spend too much, so we're going to get some some, some bench warmers, second tier pros, yeah, who are kind of unproven, or have done something that has nothing to do with this sort of thing. And we're going to put them on it. 
Maybe it's uh, maybe it's just connections. This guy worked on a Smurfs movie. He'll handle he could it. Do a horror film for sure. Yeah, let's get the Smurfs guy in here. Yeah, we'll get we'll get some writers who worked on some stuff you've never heard of and some television with some teens in it. We're yeah, gonna, yeah, we're gonna have him write this you know this horror movie. I just don't know. Like, how how does that? And it's not like it's only happened once or twice. Like Blair Witch. They're like, no, no, no. It was a Book of Shadows. That's what that's what the sequel should be. Book of Shadows was fantastic. Why are you bad mouthing <laughs> Blair Witch Two? Book of Shadows. Uh, it had jerk face in it. It did. <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan, my hero. Um, we give him a hard time, but but he's he's awesome. Uh, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. He just has funny expressions on uh, burn notice. Um, I think that that there's just a weird thing where the suits don't know anything and they think they know everything. Yeah. They sure as hell don't know everything about horror. So we don't we don't want your your book of shadows and and your um I wonder how often it is though. <coughs> Excuse me. That uh the sequel comes up and the people, the original people, just simply don't want to do it because whatever they needed to say was said in the first one. And then the, the studio goes, but that made a lot of money. We'd like to make more and more of the same sells well. So, yep. Yeah. Joe Bob will bring in some, you know, hack director if you don't want to do it. Yeah. Like Joe Bob Briggs said, you know, the, the key to the sequel is make the first movie over again. Yeah. So, or you could completely diverge from that. Like aliens. Look at, look at how aliens wasn't the same movie as alien. Even better example is Texas chainsaw two. <laughs> yeah. It's not even like anywhere near the first movie. It, the first movie is grimy and awful and freaky still and uh yeah. and the second one is just like over the top nonsense oh it is which i love yeah. i loved it it's i can't believe it took me so long to watch that film but <laughs> you know whenever someone mentions the sweaty grimy feel of texas chainsaw massacre i just think of like oh that just what what could that smell like and that moment just now reminded me of something about the good and the bad and the ugly Mm-hmm. flies landing on people's faces during their dialogue mm-hmm. so many flies landing on so many faces in that movie oh it's just <sighs> it's just wonderful <laughs> I bet that movie smelled like the old west while they were making it uh, it just had to and Toby Hooper didn't want to make a horror film I understand yeah, yeah. he like, got into horror after that yeah, he's like, thank you very much. Cha-ching. <laughs> we'll do it again. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot, I think, that... Um, I just hope it doesn't happen to somebody like Jordan Peele. Okay, I, mm-hmm. hope, I hope that they don't get a hold of, like, you know, they, the, the, the proverbial they, don't get a hold of, like, the rights to um, get out and, you know... make and make a sequel. Yeah, like, get outer... Get in. <laughs> yeah. Get up. I Get up. Yeah. Like, 
I, I would like I would like to hope that never happens to him because it's like yeah from the producers of blah 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 and these you know in the in the key grips and the makeup people of blah 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 it's like we don't care man if you don't have the writers and directors and some key actors what do you, what are you doing You're, it's probably not going to be good but uh yeah this this is uh uh, this is something where if, as long as these guys are making a living off of this and they don't have to sell out, I hope they just keep making stuff of this caliber. Yeah. So hope that they do. <clears throat> I have to check out the endless Justin's other film. Yeah. We'll check that out for sure. Um, and I don't have any idea what we should do for next week. I have a couple of ideas of what we should never do after this past week, but spirit camp. <laughs> You go ahead and cue it up. See what you think. All right. Yeah, it's like you'll you'll get. Now, <laughs> anytime a horror movie says that it's a parody of something, I know. I don't know if it claims to be a parody, but it's obviously doing that. Um, I guess Shaun of the Dead was a parody. In the best, they did all right. In the best possible way, yeah. Well, it treats it, well. It treats the material with sincerity, and and it never, it never breaks character from what's supposed to be happening. I mean, yeah, you know, the zombies aren't doing backflips or you know high fiving or anything. They're they're just acting like legit monsters, while our heroes of the movie are just kind of bumbling their way through it and figuring it out as they go. Therein lies the comedy, you know, like yeah. You know, there are no, there are no born heroes in that scene. You know, that whole situation, they're just heroes that are made (laughs) and, uh, you know, people who step up. Yeah. And uh, I think parodies work better that way. You know, we don't need the, you know, the, the Scooby-Doo moments of the machete just missing and sticking in a tree and the would-be victim not noticing and stumbling away. We don't need that kind of shit. That's... It's not our. It's not our thing. So, um, no ideas what we should do for next week. But uh, all right, we'll pick something, and it'll it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, this one, wow! I just for some reason didn't know that um, that uh, Jeremy Gardner and Chris, Christian Stella had made another thing, and I'm just so and yeah, I'm, and I'm just so stoked that you found it. Yeah, me too. I mean. I had heard they were working on something, but then I, you know, back when we had watched The Battery. Yeah. Uh, sometime after that, and then I kind of just forgot about them. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, here it is, and it's awesome. So, listeners, you got to check it out if you, for some reason, didn't pause this and go check it out yourselves. Yeah. Well, should we wrap it up there? Let's wrap it up. All right, cool. Well, maybe we'll have Jolien back next week. I'll talk to him soon and find out how his uh, top secret project is going. And uh, I'm sure that won't be able to be revealed for a while, but when it is, everyone's going to be stoked. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, listeners, Ma. thank you for listening. Mind the doors. <laughs>